Welcome back to Toy Olympics Weekly Update. I am Matt Nelson, joined once again, as always, by Wojciech Nowakowski. Hello, everybody. And we're back for a week in sports again. Wojciech, how was your weekend in sports? Well, my weekend in sports started uh, on Thursday with uh, the elimination of Polish national championships in curling, uh, which we didn't go through to the finals. We took the 17th place in the whole championships, so we were one of those uh, four teams, or in fa- no, in fact, five teams, uh, which did not pass to the Sunday playoffs to, for the finals, and and uh, and we're off, but uh, we were, I think, the least experienced team uh, at the whole elimination tournament. So I think that the fact we weren't last is something we can be proud of. But uh, we, I was also a spectator of uh, quite a controversial water polo league game in Poland. Uh, and uh, that led to four uh, red cards, four eliminations for the hosts and three for the guests. And uh, the game itself was quite brutal, but I think the fact that uh, the the referees were really, uh, I think they did not really knew how, uh, did not really know how their job should look like. They they made quite a mess, and uh, and I think that was what led to to those uh, to those red cards, including the red cards for both uh, coaches. So that was quite an emotional uh, Sunday, but uh, yeah, quite an interesting weekend for, for in, in the terms of sport for me. And how was your uh, weekend? Uh, pretty bog standard boring, if I have to be honest with you. I had a, I had a paper I had to write uh, for one of my communication classes at uh, college, and that's about all I got to do this week, unfortunately. Uh, it was actually a pretty tame weekend in international sports. I don't think there was too much going on. We didn't have a lot of activity on the forums that also... Uh, backs up my claim there so uh, not a lot going on uh, you know uh, didn't really have much to do had to write that paper so kind of just had a really boring weekend but I'm glad to be here uh, with you recording the podcast today so uh, be somewhat a return to normalcy after uh, quite a boring weekend so yep yes about the activity on forum I also noticed that when I saw that uh, after the whole day at the Carling Hall I had uh, much fewer notifications than I usually have after spending half of day uh, out of the com- outside of uh, I mean not at the computer so yes I think that was uh, quite not so uh, not so uh, not so much happened that uh, that week but I think we have something to talk about uh, in the terms of the Olympic qualification and it's not just coronavirus which is a good thing so yeah <laughs> we have we have somewhat escaped the uh, coronavirus talk until the end of the podcast we'll probably do a little bit of update on that but um for now i agree that we have an update on uh, olympic qualification and i believe it, uh, you'll be telling us about uh, table tennis if i'm correct uh yes uh, i th- i'm not sure shall i start with the north america or with the uh, with the Qatar Open, well, but maybe I'll start with the Qatar Open as it's going to be uh, short information. No quotas distributed at, the, at that event. Once again, as well as at the German Open, both uh, quotas in mixed doubles uh, are going to be allocated to, through the uh, ITTF World Ranking in June uh, as uh, none of the finalists, I mean, all of the finalists uh, were in uh, were all, are already uh, qualified to the games through the uh, last year's World Tour Grand Finals. 
So the only quotas uh, distributed uh, this week, in fact, this weekend in uh, table tennis were the ones in uh, Kitchener in Canada uh, for the North America qualification event. And that was the, the whole success for the hosts as uh, Canada uh, took the mixed doubles quota as well as both singles quota uh, that, are, that were going to be allocated for North America with uh, Eugene Wang winning the men's singles quota and uh, Zhang Mo winning the, uh, the women's quota in singles. Uh, of course, the USA already has the full uh, singles quota thanks to qualifying both teams during their uh, during the North American uh, Continental Team Qualifier, uh, also held uh, at their home country in, in Rockford in USA. So North America uh, was uh, quite a successful qualification for the hosts. Yeah, a small region, of course. We only have four countries uh, in that region, or four NOCs, three, th- uh, only two countries, in fact, because the other two uh, NOCs in there are actually overseas territories of the U.S. and uh, Great Britain. So the four countries that make up that region, of course, are the U.S., like you said, had already had their full team uh, in Canada, who qualified pretty much what you could also consider a, a full team of quotas without qualifying the team events. And then uh, Bermuda and U.S. Virgin Islands, who I uh, do not feel will be uh, really ever in the position to challenge uh, for table tennis qualification there. So, uh, you know, unfortunate for them, but uh, I guess the U.S. and Canada get those free spots. So it's a good day for them. Um, besides table tennis, uh, we also had uh, boxing qualifiers in Africa this week. Uh, I, I did mean to talk about those today, but unfortunately my reference page um, for that tournament is not able to load and the tournament isn't quite finished. So I'll just go ahead and bump that to next week. Uh, and we'll give you a full update on the quotas then, um, hopefully when I'm able to have better access to that information. Uh, so because of that, we're actually done already uh, with our qualifiers from Tokyo 2020. Uh, much, much uh, um, as I said earlier, much less going on this week. We had, I think, eight or seven events that uh, qualified people last week and only actually one or two this week. So uh, slow week. But now we can move on uh, to actually some more news from last week that we weren't able to get around to on our uh, on our little marathon of a podcast there. And we can go uh, back to you, Wojciech, for the IOC executive board meeting highlights. Yes, uh, the second meeting uh, this year of the IOC executive board was held in Lausanne, as, of course, at the IOC headquarters, known now as the Olympic House. And uh, the first message that uh, came out of, uh, of that meeting was uh, the fact that the coronavirus is not disturbing the Tokyo 2020 Games preparations so far. But I think that uh, that's, the, that's the situation when uh, the things are changing uh, day by day. So, so far, we don't have any change of statement by the IOC. But I think that the situation, especially in Italy, is showing that uh, the coronavirus case is becoming more and more uh, problematic for the uh, for the sports and also for the Tokyo 2020 games, don't you think? Yeah, it's worrying for sure. Uh, obviously, I would love the games to continue. As I as I said, I I plan to attend the games, uh, preferably coronavirus free. Um, you know, it's it's uh, unfortunate that it, that the virus came about in 2020, and really 2020 has not been a, the greatest year. If you've seen any of the memes about it online, but. Uh, 
you know, uh, we can't really obviously have any control over something like a disease. Uh, you know, we try our best to stop it like we have. But like you said, the situation in Italy is getting worse. And we've all seen, um, you know, Iran and South Korea get worse, get better, get worse. You know, who knows? So it is an issue. And, you know, the, the virus is killing people. And I think it's good to err on the side of caution. Uh, I think for now, the Olympics are fine, but the IOC definitely needs to monitor this and keep athlete and spectator health uh, in mind. And, you know, I think we shouldn't talk too much about how coronavirus will affect the Olympics until around April, May. Yeah. So the next thing uh, we we saw, uh, the, the next decision of the IOC executive board is uh, more inclusion on uh, gender balance in the Olympic movement, which leads to the... Uh, this is quite a revolution with the uh, Olympic protocol, as we will have uh, the compulsory male and female flag bearer in every country, in every national Olympic committee, in the, every uh, uh, national team. Sorry to cut you off there. I just wanted to say they offered a yep. clarification on that rule. Uh, it will not be compulsory, but it will be recommended. So the IOC will push for it, but okay. they won't uh, punish countries for not uh, having a flag bearer of both genders. Yeah, uh, sorry, that, no, that's fine. my mistake. For, um, uh, it was a confusing statement. Yeah. Believe me, I had to read it like four times. Yeah, and it's also, I'm not sure now if it's recommended or compulsory now that uh, all the national teams should have uh, the male and female athlete uh, this way. Compulsory. Compulsory, yeah. So I think that's uh, that's quite an important decision, especially that it was that the meeting was held in the week of... Uh, of International Women's Day that was on, uh, on that's last Sunday. So also uh, all the best to all our women listeners. And uh, well, do, do you, what do you think about uh, this decision? Well, do you think that uh, the country might be uh, given some uh, free quotas and uh, on which costs uh, they, they're gonna get those quotas? To, to 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 fulfill that uh, that need to have uh, both male and female athletes. You know, the IOC, and most people don't know this, and actually, surprisingly, some qualification experts, uh, our form expert did know, but some others don't, that the IOC actually just has the power to award a, a quota if they want to. They, they say it happens, it happens. I mean, that's how most of these events work. You know, the uh, Pan Am Sports can do it for the Pan American Games and the CGF can do it for the Commonwealth Games. The IOC can do it for the Olympics as well. They can basically wave their magical wand and make some more quotas available, which is uh, what the IOC has said in the statement that they will do. Or at least when talking to uh, media outlets like inside the games, they said that they would um, not take away from existing quotas, but that they would add, if needed, a, a women's quota for countries that won't have uh, a woman at the games. Now, I'm not sure about countries who will only send one woman, but not a man. I'm not sure if they'll also make sure a, uh, a male quota is given. I, I'm mostly certain they will, but just because it wasn't specified, I'm not going to say it's 100%. Um, I think it's a good change. I, I think we're at a place where every country, you know, deserves to have one male and one female at the games. That seems like a pretty reasonable, fair thing. Uh, they're going to need to amend the athletics qualification to make sure that we're not having to add extra quotas like we will this year. Um, maybe the IOC will give them a few extra quotas towards that next time so they don't have to do it uh, retroactively like they will this year. Uh, but I think this is a good change. The flag bearer stuff isn't isn't that big of a deal to me. I think, you know, letting nations choose uh, each gender isn't, a, isn't a, a, a super big deal. There's, you know, bigger battles to fight elsewhere for me. 
Um, I'm not really for or against it. I'm just it, it's there. I'm neutral. So uh, overall, I think these were these were good changes. Yeah, and uh, we also have the uh, update on uh, Paris 2024 uh, games with uh, some new venues confirmed. Well, not very new. The fact uh, we I think you mentioned uh, last week about uh, Tahiti being the uh, venue for uh, surfing, which was uh, known uh, for some time, but this time it was uh, confirmed officially by the IOC executive board. And uh, I really don't want to comment on that, but uh, I would like to be uh, to say that I'm very happy that uh, Place de la Concorde, so one of the uh, end of uh, the legendary street of uh, Champs Elysees, uh, at in in the center of Paris, will be the place for so-called urban sports. I don't think that uh, we know now the whole schedule for for that place and which disciplines exactly will be held uh, in that place. But, uh, well, I think that's uh, that's quite an interesting thing because that's one of the uh, historical uh, places in the Paris where, for example, uh, the king uh, and the queen of, um, of France were, uh, were killed by the revolution. And uh, there is also a sport uh, episode and on that place because maybe not the olympic sport because the fia so the federation of the auto sports is not uh, the one where we will talk about uh, in the context of the olympic games but that's where the plus de la concorde is the place where the the fia has uh, its uh, its headquarters yes uh interesting choice of venues here um uh, I, I the only thing I have to say about the Tahiti thing, since I I think I did mention it last week, uh, is that the waves in Tahiti are regarded as some of the, if not the best, um, waves in the world. So the, we do know that there will be world class waves, and they will be there in the time period during the Olympics. That's when the when the waves are best in Tahiti. Um, so there will be good conditions. So I understand. Um, that Paris 2024 does want to give the athletes, you know, he, they really want to show the pinnacle of the sport and give the athletes a chance to really show uh, the technical side of surfing. Unlike we might not see uh, in Tokyo because the waves there are pretty small at the venue. They want to juxtapose that a little bit and give, um, you know, a bigger uh, show, I think, for their surfing in Tahiti. So it's a, it's a bit of a trade-off. And by a bit, I mean about 1,500 kilometers or so of trade-off. But... Uh, you know, only time will tell how that move works out, and if uh, coastal rowing gets added, like the uh, world, uh, like world rowing has suggested they want to add and has already proposed uh, to the IOC to be voted on in December at their next executive board meeting, I believe. Uh, you know, we they also want to put that in Tahiti as well, so maybe uh, there'll be more than one event there and it'll feel a little more uh, Olympics feel, but of course, we won't know any of that at least until the end of this year or a few years down the line. So, I think it's still a bit early to talk about that as well. Uh, as for the Palace de Concours, uh, it sounds like a great venue to me. I'm not, I wasn't super aware of the history like it that you are, but obviously I'm familiar with the Champs Elysees because of the uh, Tour de France and um, obviously some famous historical photos from various wars and from various historical events. And uh, there was an interesting fact you gave about the French Revolution there. So it seems like a great place of history. And, uh, you know, the FIA actually. Um, is recognized by the IOC, I believe, but they are ineligible to uh, put a sport in the Olympics because motorized sports are not allowed in the Olympics according to the current uh, Olympic charter. 
So uh, we won't see the FIA uh, participate in the Olympics, but they may be given a little bit of a nod by the IOC uh, to send the venue there and say, we like the work you're doing. So uh, I think it's a good choice of venue. And uh, also in, in Lausanne during the IOC executive board meeting last week, uh, it was uh, accepted that uh, Tomasz Ayan, so the uh, head of the, the president of the IWF, the International Weightlifting Federation, who was serving as the IOC member for quite a long time and he became the honorary member after he got retired from the IOC. Uh, he resigned uh, from, the, from his honorary membership and that was accepted. Uh, by the IOC executive board, so that is quite a, that is just kind of confirmation of of that news. And the other news is that uh, if the I could, Mumbai. Uh, if, I could, if I could just yes. add something real quick, sorry about that. I, I I hate cutting you off, but I just needed to add. Um, he was he also uh, we we got a press release in our in our email. I want to say maybe five six days ago. Um, our company emailed that he has actually also stepped down as the IWF president as well. So he is no longer uh, associated in any form. Uh, with international weightlifting, and that uh, very well may send some shockwaves uh, through the international weightlifting community. So we'll have continue to monitor that story for you guys. Uh, yeah, thank you for that notice. And uh, the last thing about the IOC executive board meeting is the fact that uh, Mumbai from India will be uh, voted as the host of 2023 uh, IOC session where uh, of course the host of the Winter Olympics 2030 will be decided uh, and uh, that thing will be voted during uh, this year's IOC session held uh, just before the Tokyo 2020 Games. And talking uh, about the Tokyo 2020 Games uh, we see the first real step uh, in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics taking place this week, I believe. And that, of course, is the flame lighting ceremony in uh, Olympia, Greece. Uh, the ceremony has taken quite a hit uh, from coronavirus. So there'll be no festival, which is one of the really special things about the ceremony is that there's a big sports festival uh, in Olympia. And they also, uh, it's a sports and art cultural festival. Uh, thousands of people come out. Thousands of people come out to see the torch lit. No spectators this year, no festival, so kind of a somber uh, lighting of the torch. There will only be 100, at least according to uh, breaking reporting today from inside the games, there will only be uh, 100 accredited uh, spectators, mostly IOC officials and whatnot, at the flame lighting ceremony. So a very toned down affair. Uh, hopefully we'll still at least have uh, the broadcast uh, of that like we have had uh, the last few editions. Uh, because it is a special moment. It's my, it's actually uh, my, my favorite Olympic ceremony. And I know it's not a very uh, fun one to watch for most people. And most people don't even bother to watch it. Uh, I enjoy it. I think it's a very um, uh, historic process. And as someone who's not the most religious person and someone who lives and breathes sports, it's almost like a religious gathering of sorts uh, for me. So, you know, uh, I really enjoy it. I enjoy all the ceremony around it. So it, it does uh, hurt me a bit to see uh, it scaled down quite a bit. But I also understand that Greece wants to be careful uh, with the coronavirus issue. And I'll just be happy if I can get a broadcast and at least see it uh, it happen in what would be its, uh, I guess, most natural form, so to say. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Wojciech. Yes, I was just thinking about the lack of audience there. I'm wondering if uh, there will be 
the president, the IOC president Thomas Bach, and the other officials are going to be there, and if they are going to hold any speech as as usual, if there will be no audience there, so maybe they will speak uh, straightly into the camera as uh, if we have the broadcast. Uh, well, that's that's something that uh, will make uh, that. Uh, that uh, ceremony quite uh, strange uh, on that matter and uh, unusual maybe that's that's a better word in the terms of the flame lighting ceremonies but uh, but also something that may be quite historical and maybe in a few years uh, we'll see that uh, th that is that exactly uh, the 2020 uh, lighting ceremony uh, in the historical books of the olympic movement instead of for example 2018 2016 or any other because that one will be quite a special even if that's if that speciality is not something we are really we really want to see but i do agree with you that uh, that this is something that there is something mystical in the in the flame lighting ceremony and uh, and that and i hope that uh, this year the ceremony will not be uh, disturbed by any other uh, fractures like uh, like the weather for example as we also saw that in in the past years but i hope that that this time the lack of audience will be the only, let's say, problem with the uh, flame lighting ceremony. Well, of course, only time will tell. And um, I believe it's on the, oh boy. Um, on the 12th of March. The 12th, yeah. yes, so on, on Thursday. On Thursday. On Thursday, yes. and um, I would check, go ahead and check the Olympic channel um, if you're listening in right now and see if uh, it'll be on there because that'd be where it would most likely be. Either there or YouTube would probably be the two places, maybe even Facebook, uh, if we had to add a third, where it would most probably be. So you might want to check uh, the Olympic Channel, uh, the Olympic Channel, the Olympic Channel profiles on YouTube and Facebook to see uh, if they'll be broadcasting it or if it'll just kind of be a we only get pictures uh, type affair. Um, with that said, we're, we're down to the end of the podcast. I just wanted to add something real quick. Uh, we did see the unveiling of the uh, 2023 Pan American Games sports program this week. Quite a few uh, surprises. Uh, bowling, who has been on the program for, I believe, the last six, seven, or eight editions uh, consecutively, has been kicked from the program. A rather cheap sport to hold. Um, and it's quite shocking, especially since it's a very much uh, Pan-American and Asian-dominated sport. Of course, we only see it appearing in international multi-sport games in the Asian Pan-American games. And so Pan-American athletes actually stand to lose quite a bit uh, from not having the sport in the game. So hopefully that gets resolved and it gets added back to the program. We also saw the dropping of two racket sports in the form of squash and racquetball, who have also spent extensive time on the program. And once again, where quite a few of the American countries are strong in the sport. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate to see um, some Olympic sports that we're not with, that the American Pan American countries aren't that strong in stay on the program. Well, some non-Olympic sports that were, that the countries are historically strong in, uh, get kicked just simply because countries don't want to host them, even though they provide the best results internationally and have field better fields than sports like beach volleyball, uh, per se. Uh, it's unfortunate, but obviously that happened. And uh, I believe the other two sports kicked were uh, Basque Pelota and um, oh, bodybuilding. Uh, bodybuilding, of course, only appearing in Lima, so no shock there. It seemed rather unpopular at its debut. And Basquiatlota has kind of been on and off the last few games with uh, some of the more Latin and Spanish uh, countries in the Americas adding it, and then the, the English-speaking countries taking it off, where the sport almost doesn't even exist. So not really shocking, and that seems like one that we can lose. 
but of course, the other three, uh, it's unfortunate that we lost those three. For the full breakdown of the events, uh, the sports on the program, you can check our website at games24.olympics.com. Uh, and with that, Wojciech, I'll throw it back to you if you have anything you want to say about uh, coronavirus, or we can move on to an update on uh, some form prediction contests. Well, I just wanted to mention that uh, the coronavirus is has all has also come to, to uh, I think now it's about to 108 countries. It's at least that's what I saw today, and uh, this weekend it also reached Poland. So I'm becoming to be a little uh, a little bit nervous, uh, especially that uh, one of the cases is uh, quite near me. So uh, so I'm. I'm becoming to maybe not worry because, uh, well, in fact, I'm not uh, very afraid of the coronavirus. I don't really think it's um, it's a big danger for people at my age. Of course, I know that it's going to be uh, even worse for, for the elder people. So I may be worried about uh, the elder members of my family in that matter. But I'm a little bit worried about the... Uh, my plans for for attending different events like uh, like the the sports events mostly uh, as i heard that uh, some of them are going to be canceled already or they're going to be held uh, without the public so uh, that's that's what i'm not uh, happy with but uh, well it's it seems that we are not in such a crisis as italy is where in fact uh, the whole country is now the red zone and uh, and now it's. I think the whole movement there is is gonna be stopped. And I'm wondering how long will that last? Because, as some of you maybe know, uh, in September, uh, the Olympic first collection, the Olympic collectors fair is going to be held in Artena under uh, near Rome. And uh, I'm really thinking if uh, if going there will uh, will be considered and uh, maybe the the place which was established uh, quite late uh, last year, I think, I think in December. And I'm wondering if that's not going to be uh, moved from uh, from Italy. But of course, uh, as you said, some a few times today, the time will tell. Yeah, I think that's the important thing with coronavirus is, uh, you know, we just have to give it time. And like any other pandemic, it just doesn't end in a, you know, in a, in a quick gif. So um it's going to take a little bit of time to to weave its way through and as we get closer and closer to events i think we'll know more i think you know we shouldn't cancel events more than a week or two in advance because you never know uh with the course of this disease i think if we see cases in an area about 14 days before the event i think you know you have to cancel it but if not i think you go ahead and go on as planned unless something really drastic happens and um, as we see places like China maybe starting to get uh, loose from the grip of coronavirus, you know, we can start having some more events over there and they can screen uh, people arriving in the country and athletes might just have to come a bit earlier. But hopefully we can return to some normalcy at some point uh, this year in the international sports calendar, which is uh, interestingly kind of, um, I don't want to say slow or boring, but um, loose packed might be the best way to say it. Because interestingly, in the Olympic years, we actually see somewhat of a reduction uh, in, in international sports events, which has just always kind of baffled me a little bit. But I guess that's also the Olympic factor where everyone, you know, gears their season to the Olympics and doesn't really uh, give much care to the other events. So uh, I, I think this would be worse if the virus was next year or the year after or in 2023 uh, per se. But uh, hopefully it does not affect the Olympics, as I said before. And as I said, you know, we should definitely keep track of the virus, but we shouldn't start you know, talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse coming for the Olympics before 
uh, April or May. Uh, so with that, I think I'll throw it back to you if you want to say anything about the prediction contest. And if not, we can move towards closing um, this today's this week's podcast. Yes, uh, the prediction contest for the Women's World Curling uh, Championships already started. Uh, so, and the fact that uh, also interesting fact from the backstage that uh, I, of course, I am the one to manage that. I think that's not a surprise, but uh, I opened that uh, during the national Polish National Championships being at the Curling Hall. So uh, that's quite a trivia for uh, from the backstage, from behind the scenes of the prediction contest. So uh, please be aware that uh, it's starting uh, this Saturday uh, that's going to be late evening or even night in, in Europe but it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, the day in, in Americas because the, the, the championships are held in Canada so uh, please be aware of that and please predict uh, as soon as possible so that uh, you'll be sure to take part in the prediction contest uh, from the very beginning and I think that uh, this week we are going to open also the figure skating world championships uh, prediction contest. So uh, please uh, keep uh, keep following the prediction contest uh, thread. Uh, and with that, of course, I'll add the toy quiz. Uh, we'll be back this weekend. I I really apologize um, for not posting one this week, but as I mentioned earlier, I had that uh, that paper due for college, and I had to focus my energy on that this weekend. And since there wasn't a lot of uh, need to be on the website, I just kind of uh, <laughs> forgot about the quiz uh, on top of doing all the other work. So it just didn't work out. I did uh, try to put something together on Saturday, but it just didn't work out. So uh, this week it'll be back. It'll be some really difficult questions. No, I'm, I'm kidding. They probably won't be too difficult. They'll, they'll be uh, the usual type. And uh, I hope to see some good participation in that. The last quiz I put on there, got uh, I think, might have broken my record for uh, participation on that R record. So... Uh, hopefully we break it again this week. Um, and with that, I think that we can sign off. So, Wojciech, I'll let you go first. Uh, yes, thank you very much for your attention. And uh, I hope we'll, uh, you enjoyed that episode and uh, see you next week. Yep, I couldn't agree more. I just want to add that we wish all of our listeners uh, good health and uh, hopefully safety uh, in this time of turmoil surrounding coronavirus. And as always, I wish all of you a wonderful international sports-filled week. Thank you.